This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Remarkable Results Radio. Now, why is adapting to technology so important? Well, look around you. Keeping up with the latest technology is key to any successful enterprise. It's a requirement today. It increases flexibility, streamlines operations, and it helps you adjust your forward progress. I'm with Chris Cloutier and Craig O'Neill, and we discuss the four T's. Technology, touch, trust, and transparency. The inspiration for this episode stemmed from Tracy receiving a video from an orthodontist office and how it can be easily implemented in our industry. Hey, thanks to our partner, Napa. You know, it's no secret we're facing a technician shortage, and Napa Auto Care has addressed that. The free two-year apprentice program offers a variety of training to produce a technician with three ASE certifications. Why not? To learn more, members can visit member.napaautocare.com. Back at ASTE 2022, sponsored by my great friend, Carolyn Kogolet, Shopware. Thanks, Carolyn. This has been a great conference so far from the pure networking side of it. We're in this, if you will, general store area where, you know, once the door is open, tons of people come in and we're going to do a live show at five o'clock today and just tell the rest of the world FOMO, who they did miss out. Chris Cloutier is here, autotext.me, golden rule of auto care. Hi. Carm, how are you? God, I miss you. We haven't done done an episode in maybe three months and... I wake up at two o'clock in the morning and says, I got to call Chris. I got to call Chris. Yeah, I know. I and, was on like every week. Yeah. Did, did I fall out of grace? No, 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 no. Just been no. busy. No, You've trust been busy me. like me. We, we've been so busy. We're, we're doing eight shows. But anyway, and uh, Craig O'Neill's here, hey. vice president of training. That's correct. Damn, I got that right. See, <laughs> uh, Craig O'Neill, and it's so good to see you too. Uh, it is absolutely wonderful to be out here at a show that you're at too. I feel like I've been back and forth across this country a few times now this year and and you haven't seen me at all of them. Not at the places that I've been to. Some of them have been not shows that I've been at. So okay. this is, this is yeah. a nice event. Yeah. Get to see the familiar yeah. faces. Love it. Of late, Chris, when you've come on the show, we've done a little brainstorming through email, and then we kind of maybe pencil a few things in for each other. And you know, I sit in the studio, you sit you know, in your office, and we say, maybe we can cover this stuff. And sometimes we cover just what we wrote, and sometimes we don't. Yes. And so I didn't have an agenda. But you guys are connected, you're out there, you're, you're doing training, and we're seeing stuff. And every time I see something that's going on in the world, I really think of you a lot because I know you're so embedded in technology. And I always wonder, what would Chris think of this? And so I'm pent up since you haven't been on in a while. Oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's release. Lay it on me, <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, I was excited walking down the hallway and I saw a 3D printer on somebody's table yeah. on that, at the end. I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. Here, here we go. Here's technology being used in real time right in front of everybody. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's, awesome. it's, it's so cool to see. Boy, guys, I took a tour of Dor- Dorman a-, a while back. Okay. You should see the 3D printers that they have there. Yeah. And how, and how they literally take these laser devices and they scan the item and every nook so and cool. cranny comes up and then they go to the CAD CAM people and then they go and print it just to get a feel for it. How does this look? You know, and then they make these tweaks and changes and then, I mean, again, I don't know the, the entire process, but then they go out and they get it proven that it'll work and it's amazing how... <laughs> 
R&D ripoff and duplicate can actually happen in the industry. Me and Craig, I believe it was at AST last year, we had a guy sitting in our class and he said, hey, so I have a shop. I used to have two shops, one in the front, one in the back. I ran cars. He goes, now the front shop? He goes, I just bought a whole bunch of 3D printers. He was printing off BMW parts and he ships them and sells them on eBay, ships them all over the country. So, amazing. Yeah. So he shut down basically his whole front part of the shop just so he could print parts. What did you, and we were like, wow, this is totally cool. It's impressive. No, Very my, cool. my son's high school, West Michigan Aviation Academy, it's right there at the airport in Grand Rapids. They do a 3D printing class. And of course, my son, as soon as he finishes that class, he wants to get some. We got a basic cruelty printer and he's got a print running just about 24 seven, it seems like. And it can be just about anything you can imagine. He's got the CAD program and watching them after that class, how simple it is really to create something that you can either imagine or a functional piece. It's just outstanding. And I know we're not here to talk about 3D printing. It's just cool seeing it in action now. In action. In, in the, the real masses. world, in the real in world, the masses, yeah. So there's this device. I think Justin Morgan brought it in, and it is a. Thank you for bringing this up. It's a Claymore mine. Okay. It looks just like a Claymore mine, and it actually has the words "this toward the enemy," right? And what it is, it is a device that you hook to a laptop and you put your scope in it. The scope sits behind Very the laptop, cool. and someone challenged. And I can't remember who it was that says. Can you build this to look like a Claymore mine? Brandon it's from Brandon Dills, and he was a Marine. Very cool. So he wow. made this device on this 3D printer to look like a Claymore mine. That's it's awesome. pretty clever. I've That's seen people awesome. trying to use it as a catalytic converter theft uh, deterrent as well. Hey, it, to totally geek out for a second, too. So me and Craig, we've got a presentation tomorrow. It's going right. to be pretty neat. And Craig is on, uh, you heard about the AI drawings now, the MPT5, right? They're now, not only can they do drawings, you give them text and it goes and creates the drawing. You can now give them text and they'll go create a video for you, right? They're creating the video. Craig is going and creating these images in real time for a presentation tomorrow. And the graphics it creates, they're awesome. And they're also uh, copyright free, I believe, at this moment in time. Pretty sure. <laughs> Pretty sure. It's that doll E. D-A-L-L-E. Yes. And, and it's, it's MPT, basically, MPT5 or MP, it's basically an AI. It's probably awake. It's a machine that's you, awake. You, you input simple language. You type in what you want to have it create for an image. It spits out images created by the AI. If you want it to do it in the style of oil paintings or, or a sketch or even actual photorealistic things, it will create these for you. So I, it's of course, insane. asked it to make And now a it's doing it with cut. videos, right? I mean, you can say, hey, I want a video of this, 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 and, and it goes and it generates this content for you. All right, Trace, we got to, we got to move in this. By the way, I have, I have software that could duplicate my voice and change anything that I said to the right thing that I said or do an opening monologue for me. Why don't, why are we using that? Why are we using that? <laughs> oh my God, dad. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, right. Well, see, she is my boss and I just got a demerit. <laughs> James Earl Jones, right? He's retiring, but the voice of Darth Vader is yeah, going to continue to live on, right? <laughs> You're do- oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If I, if I get hit by a bus, baby, you know. Okay, no, no, no. All right, no, all right, okay. <laughs> we'll just have the hologram of you uh, in the chair. So, so this is our typical Chris Clodier, Craig O'Neill yeah, we'll type of rails. show. Yeah, we we'll, could go anywhere. <laughs> totally off the rails. And here's how this whole thing started. I was thinking of you just the other day, Chris, knowing that we were going to be here in the studio. Tracy went to an orthodontist and she got a video about her experience as a brand new customer and what they planned to do. You and you... Trust me, I know you. You'll sit and you'll watch anything on TV, watch an ad, be out at a store, look at people and say, how does that relate to what I do in our industry? We're always looking 
if you will, steal shamelessly ideas and thoughts, make them different and better. And, and will that apply to what we do? And I see this video from Tracy and we showed it to you beforehand. And again, how it came to her was in a text. You know, of course, anything that I ever want to know about text and we're afraid to ask, I would go to you, Chris. Okay. Sure. And, and so I really wanted to know if there was a, if there was an issue, can you put a movie in a text or not? But they text her, tell her to go to this link and it comes up and it says, Hi, I'm Sally. I'm going to be your orthodontist assistant. And here's what we're going to do while you're here. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. We're going to take some pictures. And I thought, wow, could we possibly ever use that? You think the dentist has a coach? You think that you think there's organizations inside of the dental industry that help them with this stuff? You think they invented this on their own? Or did they hire a company and sit down with a consultant and says, we can take your business to the complete next level. In fact, we're going to sell more stuff to this person because they're so comfortable before they even get here. I like uh, Truist, right? Truist, the guy who runs Truist, which is a bank now, he made this statement. He said, transparency equals technology plus touch. Wow. That's how we create this transparency, right? And, and so this touch is a big portion of it, right? It just can't be technology. We can't remove the personalization from the experience. So he said the way that we create a better banking experience is by still allowing that touch to happen. And I think what you're talking about, which is cool, is still touch, right? So a text message is just that. It's kind of impersonal. And mm -hmm. we've all gotten in trouble from sending those text messages that were read the wrong way. <laughs> or spelled the wrong or way. Or spelled the wrong way. Oh, so a <laughs> funny joke, right? Sending a, at a conference not too long ago, and we were talking about, is it ADOS or ADAS? So I started chuckling and saying, he, 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 I only have three curse words I can say in my household that we've agreed upon, and it's crap, piss, and hell. They're not bad ones, but ass, you can say if a donkey's walking by, but there never is. But so I said, I'm definitely going to start calling it ADAS. He, 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 ADAS. Get it? <laughs> I think adding this video going back on track puts back that touch, puts back that personalization. Saw that video? I told you, Chris Monroe has been on your show before, yeah. sent me one. He yeah. was sending a conference and said, dude, you got to check out this video. It's an AC guy that's coming to my house. Check it out. Here's the embedded link. Click on here. And it's like, hey, my name's Jeff. I'm coming to your, you know, nice looking clean. I'm coming to your house. I like cats. I like dogs. You know, I'm very personal. But great. What a way to connect through technology without having to waste their time because they can click on it, watch the video whenever they want, right? You're still using technology, but you're creating that touch. So I think it's fantastic. There's no way. I sit here and I say, okay, we can do a podcast on it. Maybe write a blog, a white paper. You could go out and champion this when you're speaking to people. But how do we get the industry to say, we can do this. I can do this. This is something we're already trying to get them to do anyways at the counter. And actually where I was impressed with what they're doing through the video is they're undocking it from the counter experience. They are going out there ahead of time and setting expectations, just setting expectations. Get service advisors to set expectations at the beginning of a visit. That takes a lot of training. It takes coaching. It takes orientation. These folks were, you asked if they were coached or trained to do those videos. I guarantee they sat down as a company and said, these are the expectations we are going to set that we're going to communicate to our clients. And then they did it, but they did it in video. And why is that valuable? Well, one is now you're embracing technology. One, that's cool. That's great. But what else are you doing? You're also saving time later on. You don't have to do that part of the conversation when someone comes in your door anymore. Now you actually can spend that time relating with that individual. Or reinforcing that journey. Or and I, that. I agree with Craig, right? So you're getting prepared for that journey you're going to take with them. Mm -hmm. And now they're not surprised that you're going to do the inspection on their vehicle, that you're going 100%. to do, you know, hey, we're going to send you text updates. So I, And it was very done very well because she even talked about braces, right? In the example, hey, if you want braces, this is how we you even have payment plans? Think about that. Before you come to the shop, 
Here's how you can pay. We have, you know, we, we take credit card and cash, but we also have these other avenues that you could take for payment. You've Love taught it. them something else extremely valuable out of the gate. You sent a text message that pointed to an email to open a video. And so you've now texted the customer and shown them you have that ability. You also confirmed that the email is good and working with this individual. You now have secured wow. two main lines of wow. communication for this person. Brilliant. That Exactly. Right. And shops miss this piece all the time. And there's a lot of advisors out there that will make this mistake. They will assume that the best way to get a hold of somebody is to just pick up the phone and call them, get that conversation and do it. And this is not true. Who said set expectations? It it was Craig. Yeah, absolutely. Set expectations. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote down the words pre-sold. You said that too. There's so many things that we offer to our clients that sometimes we can't find the most perfect opportunity to bring it into the the conversation. You can't find the opportunity. And a lot of shops, the reason is this, they're just simply not oriented towards this sort of interaction. They're trying to cram what in the doors? Cars, lots of cars. We're going to get cars in, we're going to get cars out, and we're going to get paid. I like how he says that. Yeah. Yeah, You can tell that accent. Cars. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've never heard such a Cars. Right. Yes. Yes. But this is the emphasis, right? It is always on that vehicle and getting that vehicle through the shop. And this is not the case. We are dealing with people. This is a people business. Remind them of our warranty. Remind them of our financing options. Remind them of our ASC qualified technicians. Remind them of the value set of the business in a three or four minute thing. The script could be there. The individual just fills in the blanks and the names and it could be as crazy as it sounds, a template, but if we do it's it in structure, a structure would be a good way. It's a, yeah. it's a great word to say, a structure. I'm challenging you right now. If you're listening to this, please write the script, get someone to do it, get them off their service advisors. They're good with people. I mean, they've got the personality that they could do this. They just got to go into the back room and put up the selfie camera and go. The truest quote, now that I think about it, because I'm getting old in my age, Carm, I mean, you, we were talking about gray hairs earlier and yeah, mine are showing through. So no. it was technology plus touch equals trust or transparency because it's trust what we want to get to. You're absolutely right. So what we've got to be careful of is in like a lot of industries, especially tech industries, we've gone well beyond the touch part. Amazon, you don't get a hold of anybody at Amazon. You don't get a hold of me at Facebook. You don't get a hold of anybody at TikTok. You don't get a hold of anybody in any of these big tech companies because it doesn't exist. So any type of service or any type of problem you have. So we got to be careful as an industry as we're starting to move very heavy into technology, which is good. We're finally getting that. How can we still accent and get that person to send out the video and not feel, we were talking about this too, Trace was talking about this, how comfortable people feel in front of a camera. It doesn't have to be quality content. I forget which travel company did it, but they created a whole commercial on UGC user-generated content. It was all of their employees going out to different destinations and taking videos on their phone about them and their families having fun. If you watched it and you knew what it was, you're like, wow, I didn't realize that was just all the employees. But when you watch, it makes you feel good. They're on vacation. They're laughing. They're jumping from bed to bed. Very good. But user-generated content does not have to be perfect. It just has to be personable. You know, as cars become more advanced, manufacturers are getting sole access to important vehicle data while independent repair shops and vehicle owners are increasingly locked out from accessing vital repair data. But who owns the data? The vehicle owner or the manufacturer? When it comes to vehicle repair, the fight to secure data access for vehicle owners and their chosen independent repair facilities continues. U.S. Representative Bobby L. Rush introduced the right to equitable and professional auto industry repair 
Acronym Repair, R-E-P-A-I-R Act, to the U.S. House on February 3, 2022. The bill is aimed at giving small, independent repair shops the same kind of data access that licensed vehicle dealerships already receive. Americans should not be forced to bring their cars to more costly and inconvenient dealerships for repairs when independent auto repair shops are often cheaper and far more accessible, said Rep. Rush. But as cars become more advanced, manufacturers are getting sole access to important vehicle data while independent repair shops are increasingly locked out. The right to repair legislation should protect a pro-consumer and competitive motor vehicle repair market, provide independent repair shops with the rights to critical information, tools, and equipment needed to repair modern cars and trucks. The right to repair legislation should task the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration with developing cybersecurity standards and guidelines to protect vehicle data and systems when repair and maintenance data is accessed by vehicle owners. Please join the fight and help support Right to Repair by completing the form at www.autoadvocacy.org slash NAPA, which sends a letter to your member of Congress today. Right to Repair legislation protects your access to vehicle data and scan tools. This is critically important for the automotive heavy-duty paint and body industries. AutoCareAdvocacy.org slash NAPA. We're breaching this concept, and I'm sure it's being done somewhere in our industry, Sure, but it was new to me. I bring it to you. You like it. Will an older, new customer value this versus a younger, digital, native? If, if I have they s- have kids or grandkids, they will. Okay. That's what I agree okay. with, correct. Good answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before we turn on the mics, we were talking about attention span and, and why TikTok is getting and growing so big is that there's this time crunch that we're living in. And can you imagine doing a three or four minute video so succinct that you manage to remove 10 or 15 minutes of Q&A before you bring in that person so that they can do cars? (laughs) Good emphasis. I don't know why it sounds brilliant. No, I, I think it absolutely is, right? You have this technology now that you can, right? You can qualify and you go... The whole journey part. Now, asking the questions, right? It kind of led to another discussion we were talking about too, and, and it's that remote service advisor. What are other yeah. ways you can leverage technology yeah. and cameras and personalization, right? And at my shop, I got to go out working from home now, and he's taking videos and he's using and he's up in front of the inspection and he's in the little bottom of the corner. We've all seen the you know software you can use that, and Loom's the one we use. Okay, and he's going through the inspection. And he's going line by line. So this is doing one of two things, right? It's educating the customer on what they need, but it's also educating them on how to use that inspection and how to understand that information without there having to be a phone call conversation. Because a lot of times in phone call, we have a minute or two to tell you everything that's going on and you're busy. So using and leveraging this video in time, once again, puts that time back in the customer's pocket, they can go watch it, get their questions gathered together. And then when they call, say, hey, Explain this a little bit better. Explain this a little bit more. That was good, but I want to know a little bit more about this. Right? Is there a time commitment on this video? On our videos that yeah. we get to, I want them under a minute. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So the review of the DVI, yes. the estimate, what are, you, yes. what are you sending out? Both? We're sending out the inspection. The, the inspection. inspection. Yes. Under a minute. Okay. Yeah, under a minute. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Notice something else too. Like That's possible with that digital inspection because that's, that's when we've received some data. But in Tracy's case, when she received that video from the dental agency, she had already submitted some data, a very good form up front that was collecting a lot of information. There were several gems in there uh, that the orientation of that practice really showed through where they were concerned about the cost. They had 
already reviewed insurance information, knew what her objective was with what she was looking for and, and tried to connect that, that like out of a genuine interest of meeting the need that she had described in a way that was going to be most advantageous for her with budget in mind. They are totally oriented towards the client understanding those things. And that all came out in that short little video. Felt comfortable. It was an icebreaker. It was an icebreaker right away. And when she walks in, knowing both personalities, hi, oh, it's good to meet you in a real person. Just like you do when you meet guests on the show. I remember meeting Chris Cotton for the first time. I mean, God, I've known Chris Cotton for years, 80 episodes with the the network. Hmm. And for the first time ever, because we would never, wherever we were around the country, we were crisscrossing differently. He's six foot three. Yeah. I had no idea. I walked up to him yeah. and I felt like a munchkin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so, 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 Thank you for the so clarification. If we look at Facebook, right? And let's, when, the, when the, this industry first adopted Facebook, the whole thing was be social. At first, everybody's posting, you know, my old change special and I'm posting, you know, my $99 alignment. And then everybody said, no. Post pictures of your smiling people. Post those pictures to make connection with your audience before you then go and sell them the oil change, right? And we're kind of seeing a change, and you mentioned this earlier, and I think it's worthy of addressing or reinstating is, look what's happening with TikTok right now. Facebook was static images, maybe a little video here and there. TikTok was 100% video, right? And that's how we can really connect with somebody by watching a couple second clips of this person being goofy about this, that, or whatever. Right. And it changes that image into, you know, that action. And you can really get somebody's, you know, what do they say within, I forget how many seconds, point something second. When you meet somebody, you know immediately whether you're going to like them or not. And this gives you that ability to actually kind of connect and get a little bit to know the one that she showed of the lady who was given the presentation. You like her immediately. Like, man, she's, she's funny. She's nice. She's, I want her working on my teeth. She probably doesn't even work on teeth. She's probably their admin at the counter, but she's very personal and friendly. What about attention? What does it say about our attention span? Eight to nine. Microsoft did a study in 2020, 2021 that said that our attention spans are now less than a goldfish, (laughs) right? Attention span of a goldfish is nine seconds. Humans is eight seconds. That's a sad, sad statement, but it's true. You've said this on a show before, and I just, every time I hear that, I just shake my head. Oh my God. So I wrote down, hate the dentist. I know that's people good. that I, I know people. Oh, that, it's terrifying! Uh, that's good. terrifying. Am I yes. right? Agreed. So I wrote down, "Hate the dentist." Agreed. When you look at the video, there's something not to hate there. Yes, there's something to make you comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you know, you hear in our industry, people come into your shop because they have a problem they need fixed. It's the place they don't want to be. Why do I need to be here at your shop to get this fixed? My car isn't working. It's my lifeline. Guilty about the fact that they haven't been maintaining their car as good or haven't been flossing their teeth as good. Same thing, right? (laughs) And and I'm about to be busted and these people are going to take me to the cleaners. That is is so true. That's good. It feels bad. Yeah. And you don't want to go someplace that's going to make you feel bad and you feel good coming out of the gate. This is great. What I'm trying to discover here is what is the driver for a shop owner to bring this mm. inside the company, mm-hmm. to sit down with his team? Trace, we should almost try to share that video with people so they can actually yeah. see that and so they can get a Absolutely. feel for it. I think that'd be a great start. What is the one minute script that's, that hits every button, technology, touch, trust, transparency, the four T's? How, how do we make that happen? To me, we're not going to solve it right now, but the challenge is we have to do it. It parallels this healthcare, this whole thing. It's genius. And 
I would love to know how well it works in putting people's guards down. Well, I think it, there's a couple of immediate problems that come to mind that I would work backwards from the problems that the shops are experiencing. I think it, it could be different regionally or demographically as well. Uh, across this country, there's so many variances, but yeah. a lot of it's the same. One of the things I hear all the time is that issue of the appointment. Is it when you're going to begin working on my car now? Or is that when I'm just leaving it here? And there's really zero explanation of what that means ahead of the time. Sometimes shops are very good about having an appointment form, but it isn't really even clarified as a request or anything else. People get upset if their assumption was, this is when the service is going to begin on the car. And that's sometimes the root of the disappointment for the visit. Expectations weren't set, but at the same time, wow, you know, that expectation would have had to be set beforehand, wouldn't it? Because at the counter, it's already too late to reset that one. Right. I'm dropping my car off at a shop and a million things are going through my mind. Will there be a loaner? How long will it be? You know, mm-hmm. do they have a warranty? Can I pay for it over time? And if I saw the video and we covered that, I'm walking in in such a confident manner that I may not have to ask 10 questions, but maybe two or three. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's almost like the air came out of the balloon right the minute the video was watched. Yes. I don't have to ruffle my feathers and come in in a, in a high profile position because I'm the customer. No, I think, wow. It was great to hear everything that you guys are going to do. Talk about the loaner car, talk about an Uber ride, talk about in your particular case, we can do this job in a day. You know, remember there may be parts issues. And so when I was thinking the other day that this could be a canned video, mm-hmm. I started to realize that no, it can't, it be. can't be canned because yeah. there is some form up front. You're collecting data. What yep. if, what if that form was good at collecting multiple levels of data, right? One of the things we talk about on our classes, levels of information that we get level one, basic data, your name, the information to reach you, right? We, the things we need to get just simply to have even a conversation, right? Level two, we're going to talk about the vehicle transactional data, the things that are related to why the visit's coming in, like what's wrong with your car? Why are you reaching out today? And then there's a level three, right? There's this relational data, like how are you using this car? Uh, Are you going on any trips? And is this uh, something that your family uses? Like open-ended things that would get somebody describing their use of the vehicle or if they like the vehicle or if they plan on keeping the vehicle for a long period of time. All this sort of data, if you could collect that up front, imagine what you could do with the video that you have. And I'll channel some Bob Greenwood here a little bit because if you did collect enough data, you might be able to have a simple conversation, just sort of a, a canned idea for one of those videos like, hey, so Mr. Jones, I see that you're bringing in your 2010 Chevrolet pickup for us today and that you're going to be using this uh, for an upcoming trip up into northern Michigan. That's absolutely fantastic. We love it up there too. Many of our team members go that way. Hey, our responsibility, our professional responsibility here is to make sure the vehicle is safe, reliable, and efficient. Part of what you'll experience when you come into our shop is we'll do our courtesy inspection. You're going to receive that electronically. And once that's performed, you'll, you'll be able to see all the pictures and images and videos directly there. We will not let you down. You're going to get to that location. And I think you're going to enjoy your time with us. Whatever. In, out, done. And now they've learned a whole lot of things about how you're going to deal with the visit, right? It is brilliant. I so love it. I mean, you're talking about making the person a client, not a customer yeah, before they walk in yeah, the door. It's a good, classic Greenwood. <laughs> it's a classic Greenwood. That's exactly yes. what I thought of when yep. you said, Bob. Bingo, because you're already starting that conversation that would move somebody from a customer yeah. and uh, just a simple transaction in the shop to that long-standing relationship that you're going to establish and that'll keep them coming. Day wow. Day. Okay. I think we beat this to death because uh, I really would love to find another topic before, you know, we, uh, we get kicked out of this room here today. We're doing a live <laughs> show at five, but guys, thank you for this. 
I want to see where else this can go. I, I don't want to set it and forget it and do only one episode. I, I want to. So here's my point. If anyone's listening and you're going to do this and play around with these great ideas from Craig about there's more to talk about than just you're coming in and here's our programs. I see you travel a lot. That's great. I'm glad you're coming in. We'll really do a deeper inspections because wow, you're, you're talking to the person. You're yeah. straight up. If you're doing this and you're going to try it, please reach out to me, Carm at RemarkableResults.biz. One day we have to have a panel, Chris, and we got to bring, bring in some people and ask them how it's working. And it's not like I want to start a trend here, but I want to start a trend. And I think this could be a brilliant marketing customer intimate. I love it, Chris. Technology, touch, trust, and transparency. It's all in this. Yes. Thank you for this. Now, any note on that as well, right? Why shops probably haven't adopted this at the rate they probably could is just battling priorities, right? So mm-hmm. we've just probably a whole bunch of shop owners like, crap, here's one more thing I got to do. <laughs> one Are you crazy, crazy? Capriato? <laughs> Get but, the hell out of here. But I think what you just said, Carm, is it, right? Are you going to, you know, we all talk about this five-star experience. So if we're going to continue to up the five-star experience, is this a way that you could get a little bit of an edge on your competitor? Absolutely. Every appointment gets that video from Craig saying, hey, car, so you got an appointment coming in at 12. You know what? By the way, we're just going to have your car dropped off because you got a Diac, so we'll make sure we get you that Uber ride home or we get that loaner. So just what Craig said, right, but preparing that customer, I think it's a wonderful idea. And this is definitely a plus one idea. So thank you for covering this topic. It's been wonderful. Thank you. I would love to ask you a question. Chris, how many people have adopted DVI? Oh, so this is a great question. But but hold that thought. I oh, want the an- I, I want uh, No, I want the answer, answer, and it is a great question. And when we look at this, if you will, as a really cutting edge customer intimacy tool. Yes. We know that there's only going to be two or three people that will say, why did I waste my time listening to this? Because this is legacy. And someday we're going to look back at this episode and say it was a real thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. The early, the early adopters, are th- you got to get back to me. So my point is, is that we know the industry is not going to flip and do Correct. this. But it, okay, just like point. they they shouldn't. Great point. DVIs and all the great stuff point. that you do, you're still, still pushing uphill. Absolutely. Great point. Crossing that chasm, those early adopters to the laggards to the end, right? The early, very early people that get on board, right? I mean, it's you're going to take some hits there. And I'll go with the remote service advisor I have. Yeah. When you're doing that, how are you taking the video? What does the video look like? What's the background look like? What's the sound in the video? What's So video is not always easy when we talk about video in UGC, right? If you notice that, it was, you know, the bangs that in the background of yeah. a shop sometimes become very distracting because video is, you know, or sound is important quality of video, right? So there becomes those uphill battles that that person's got to get through before they understand how to master this particular subject, Here's as one. well as DVI. So... On DVI, like to, to answer part of the question, honestly, last time here at ASTE in the course that we were talking, most hands went up. They right. performed DVIs. Because you're DVIs, talking to the top two, three, four percent. Yes, there's that. But also the fact that more and more shops consistently are doing DVIs. This We talk on the condo model all the time. Uh, when Chris speaks, we have that condo model. Delighters, the must-haves, and the performance pieces that go towards client satisfaction. And DVI, and what we know through the condo model, first off, is that over time, delighters become must-haves. Eventually, DVIs, text updates, and those sort of things are no longer going to be delighter. So here, everyone's asking, like, what's going to be the next delighter? Well, how about these intro videos, right? This is a new delighter. Not everyone's doing that, but you know what's going to happen once people start doing that? comes a must-have. Absolutely. Or before it's a full-fledged must-have, it's a performance piece. That means not only do you have to do it, you got to do it halfway well. You can get away not doing it so well out of the game. And the early adopters were setting a tone and a pace for other people. Said, hey, look, look, this is about my car. 
I'll never forget. I think it was you telling me, you know, you send a DVI to a customer at an office and no one else has seen it before. They say, uh, sure. Wow, with everybody what, in the what shop office. do you go to? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait for that intro video to land. Absolutely. I know. And I, Trace, thank you so much for this. Yeah. We, we could be super Brilliant. on to something. I immediately said, oh my God. And the it's first cool. person I thought of was you. It's awesome. It's a great topic. And right. I, yeah, definitely a delighter. Definitely a delighter. It. We can do it. I want to work together. I want to know if, if you, you, you're out there training people, you're, you're engaging them. Once we get published this episode and we'll try to do it really quick, say, do me yeah. a favor, listen to this, listen to the first half, at least the first yep. half, minimum first half, and then let's get together and talk. Yeah. Help try me, and help us find some early adopters we so will. we can get oh, them yeah. on the show and we get can do feedback. something with this. Get some right. ground results from this. Yeah, it's working. Actually, right? I've got a note right here. Colin and what his remote job is going to be creating little short videos for appointments, uh, in Golden Rule. Ooh. I'm starting it. No, Maybe dude, we're, we're going to do yeah, it at Auto awesome. Text Me too. Yes. Thank you, Tracy. I'm going to get our trainers doing that next time we have a shop that wants to do a trial. Trainers should be reaching out with that same thing we've talked about before. I love it. And it's got to be personalized. Yeah. 100%. And I love it. I can. Right, Miss Mrs. Jones. Thanks. Hey, you're coming in here. Here's what to expect. I think it's wonderful. Get some feedback. What's yeah, next? Yeah. What's next? We'll do it. Remote What's service next? advisor. How's it working? It's working great. I mean, here's we've limited distractions. A lot of people call it their parts. You know, their parts procurement person, the parts guy that they have, or girl in the back that's between the the back shop and the front shop. He's going. He's building the tickets. He's going not only building the tickets, he's handling any warranty claims because we know those warranty claims could be 30, 40, 45 minutes. And the nice thing is when he's building the tickets, he's he doesn't have the distraction of the phone ringing and all the other things. And now we have him selling. So we have him doing the videos and the loom videos to go sell that. I'm not going to say there's been a high success rate on that because you still have busy people and video is great. And you're going to probably generate a lot of video and a lot of video isn't probably going to be watched, unfortunately. Right. And that's one of the things like if you realize TikTok has just giga volumes of video that's never consumed by anybody. So you still have busy people that would rather look at, you know, their friend eating, which I don't even know if people look at friend. They want to look at the, the cat, you know, with the ball or whatever. They want to look at something funny versus do they really want to watch a video of something that is maybe not as interesting to them. We're still using that. We're still going through that. So our take rate isn't as high as I thought it would initially be yeah. when it comes to watching these videos. But now we even have him over voiceover. You know, he's got a phone from his house that he's logged in, calling the customers yeah. and selling tickets yeah. now as well. And once again, minus the distraction of all of the outside influences that come in, in a shop. That's everything from the owner to the text to the other service advisors to, you know, the parts guy who's not doing it, the phone ringing. We've minimized all these distractions for this person. And now he can build things exponentially fast. Well, the only have, distraction are his kids, right? Well, they're not there during the day, yeah, right? Perfect. So, would you have done this with just one store? <laughs> so, I started to do it, and I didn't realize I was doing it. Whenever, yeah, Texas, we have COVID. a storm or two that okay, yeah. you know, every once in a while we get an ice day or two. So, I and it doesn't last long. This guy in particular didn't always like to go to the shop, and so we tried it a couple of times. Like, hey, why don't you build some tickets from home? So at least you're productive because you don't want to drive to the shop because you're because you've been in ice wrecks before. So. I we, see. Yeah, we've kind of, but we didn't officially create this until he came to me actually and said, Hey, I'm, I want to, you know, work part time. Hey, can I work from home? Cause we've done this before in the past. How about just let me work remote and I can do everything we need to do and I can be home when my kids get home. I, yeah. I can, it ended up working out well. And, I, and it's worked out so far very well. Cause this it is not remote. a novel idea. There are people around the country that did it. I remember the COVID pushed some forward thinking from certain shop owners whose wife was pregnant. I'll never forget. It was Tom Ham. He says, my, my service advisor's wife was pregnant and she didn't want him to go into the office and they wanted to minimize the risk of her getting COVID. And he started to work from home. 
It is not a new concept. No, it is not. Right. It's just, we got to give them the freedom to be able to do it. And we're scared to let our people go work from home. But I have a software company where everybody's remote. Even before COVID, I've never had an office. And I told everybody that came to work for me, I'm not going to have an office when it comes to software. So it's finding ways we can leverage it in other industries. And now my technicians want to work from home, but I'm like, (laughs) we haven't figured that one out yet. Right. (laughs) When the robotics get better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Robot assist. But you know, they're, they're surgery, right. That happens over on the other side of the world because robotics come in and they're like, we want to do that. And I'm like, well, go buy the billion dollar robot machine and you can work from home. Just just like we've realized with the software company though, is that there's people in the workforce, especially on our support team that want to, work remotely and they left jobs that had called them back into an office and like, well, we don't want to do that. And so we people on our team that part of the attraction was that they have this work from home possibility. Well, do we have a staffing problem in the automotive industry right now? Are we having a hard time attracting people? Are there people that after COVID do not want to go back to the commute and that hustle, especially if you lived in one of the big urban centers that are seeing all kinds of issues? I mean, it was scary for a while. Those New Yorkers traveling in subways and those sort of things. Oh, man. It was scary. I thought it was, it was still it scary. It probably is still scary. You're right. <laughs> So if auto repair shops can attract talented professionals who do have the capabilities of working from home, that just expanded our talent pool exponentially. That's great. Imagine opening a new store and just having that individual who's your remote service advisor carry a heavy burden on that on that new store. I mean, you know, we talk about holograms and all these other things. I don't know that it's not going to become a reality. It will become a reality. It's technology and technology will continue to push the envelopes. Maybe we're not here now, but now we're having concerts that have dead people who are (laughs) holograms on stages, right? And it's not unlike, and then in the meta world, we're having, you know, these meta concerts where these people are making a lot of money. These artists are making a lot of money creating these concerts in the meta world and people are going and watching these concerts. 10 years ago, even in my family's transmission shop, I had most of my clients in transmission, things break down at odd hours, right? And they dropped it off after hours. They pick it up after hours. I never met them face to face. They used a key drop. I could have done most of those tickets in the write-up from a service advisor standpoint, 100% remote because I never met those people. Carm, I made a joke at, at this conference I was at. It was a heavy technology conference and a guy did a presentation on VR and AR, virtual reality and augmented reality. It's very cool stuff. And I asked him, I said, okay, so when should we start going and creating auto repair shops in the metaverse and recreating our auto shops in the metaverse? And it was kind of meant in jest, but it wasn't, right? Does so Ford have do, vehicles in the metaverse? So why would we not? And the point was, is the army, right, recruits these kids who are very good at these games, these war games, hackers have been doing this forever in the software industry. If somebody, a company would go and put this challenge out in front of all these hackers, if that person actually solves that problem, they'll probably get a job at the end of it. So why don't we have kids, these new tech kids, they're in Votech and everything else going out in metaverse and earning a couple dollars to fix their car. And then we go, hey, because we want this type of level of technician. We want this type of level of kid who has this. So why aren't we taking advantage in creating these video games where people are solving electrical problems? Or they're working on their Lamborghini or whatever, and we're going after these kids are trying to plant these seeds in the metaverse. To, but we're not there, right? Eventually, maybe we'll get there. Hey, guys, there's so much more to talk about. We will not go into dry dock for three months. I promise you. I have you back on, Chris, and Perfect. you too, Craig. Thank you. Thank you for being here. ASTE 2022. 
Uh, we're here sponsored by Shopware. Thanks, guys, for being here. Thank you, Carmen. Thanks Thank you, Tracy. Thanks, guys. Good time. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time...